Welcome to the Live Big Podcast featuring Dr. Derek Greer, where we teach principles from God's Word that will empower you to live big. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com. Here's Dr. Greer. Amen. We're going to be in Matthew chapter 12, beginning with verse 42. And uh, at first, where I'm going is not going to make sense, but we'll, you'll, you'll get it as we get there. Um, in verse 42, Jesus is speaking. And uh, all chapter, they've been criticizing Jesus. Uh, the Pharisees, Sadducees, and scribes called him Beelzebub. That's basically called him a devil. Um, I don't think you'd call anyone worse. They were calling him out of his name. They were, they were attacking him, his character, uh, his motivations. It was a really, uh, it's an intense chapter. And in the middle of that chapter, in the middle of the assault and the attack, Jesus says this. He says, the queen, not a queen, but the queen, meaning everyone knew the queen that Jesus was referring to in this verse. He said, the queen of the south. Now, that's not the queen of the south on TV. This was (laughs) referring to the queen of Sheba. And uh, everyone had read about this woman and knew this, 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 this story. And uh, uh, he said, the queen of the south will rise up in the judgment with this generation, and watch this, and condemn it. Meaning, at some point, we're going to all stand before God and give an account for our lives. And on that day... Yeah, it's going to be us in the Lord, but we see here that this woman is going to rise up on that day as we deal with uh, our judgment or, 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 or God's assessment of our lives. Why? Because those who have done more with less will be used as a standard to measure our faithfulness. When the Irish came over after the potato famine, they came here broke, they came here impoverished, but they made lives for themselves and they made it work. Many of our forefathers who came over in slave ships, they suffered, families were separated. We, we, we had very little, actually in the winter often we didn't even get coats, we just slept on the floor. It, it, was, it was a whole thing, it was a, a horrible situation. But amazingly, those slaves were known for their singing. They were known for their praising. And when we stand before the Lord with all our conveniences, our grocery stores are full. You know, there's no potato famine. There there was a toilet paper famine in the land for a while, but we got through that. (laughs) Y'all already pulling something out of me. (laughs) But when we when God looks at our lives with all he's given us and then causes great-grandma, great-granddad to show up and he looks at what we did with what we had against what they did with what they had. And actually, in many respects, grandma and granddad can become our judges. It says... The queen of the south will rise up in the judgment with this generation to condemn it. If there's something that's really important to you, you'll find a way. But if it's not important to you, you've heard me say before, you will find a what? An excuse. 
for she came. It wasn't a convenient trip. It was not something easy that she accomplished in getting to Solomon. For she came from the ends of the earth, which is a Hebraism, which really speaks of, you know, she came from a very, very long distance, about really 1,500 miles or so, to hear the wisdom of Solomon. Now, in those times, it took about six months to, to travel 1,500 miles, and uh, she slept in tents. She... Uh, had to make sure she had soldiers to resist the bandits. She faced scorpions and all of the things she had to face, the discomfort, you know, being on the road, being on a long journey. It gets tiresome after a while. You want, uh, you know, all your creature comforts, you want home. But she did all of that in order to hear the wisdom of Solomon. Now, all we have to do today is to jump into a car an air-conditioned and well-heated car at that, drive on roads that are paved to get to the place God wants us to go. You see, if you're interested, you might do what's convenient. But if you are committed, you will do whatever it takes. And the Queen of Sheba was willing to do whatever it took in order for her to hear the wisdom of Solomon, which was actually the wisdom of God. But then he goes on and he says, and indeed, a greater than Solomon is here. Again, the religious leaders had been calling Jesus out of his name. They'd been calling him a devil. Imagine the righteous son of God. I mean, the son of God, the lamb of God being called a devil. Call me a fool. Half of that's true, okay? But call Jesus the devil. There is no truth to be found in that statement. But instead of backing down or crawling up into a ball the way most of us would do if, uh, you know, the religious authorities, these were the very educated, these were the elite if they stood up and began to say those types of things about us. But instead of backing down, Jesus dug in. And uh, what he says here is he declared himself to be greater, not, not just one day I will be. This is a guy that uh, was born in a, 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 a stable, and uh, Solomon was born in a palace. Solomon had armies. Jesus had 12 suspect men. <laughs> Solomon was rich and powerful. Jesus was a carpenter. But he looked at the Pharisees, Sadducees, and scribes, and he declared that he was greater than the wisest, the most powerful and the greatest king in all of Israel's history. And this speaks to us in a lot of ways. You need to know who you are. And, 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 and if you don't know who you are, people will talk you out of it. <laughs> when you read the New Testament, if you're reading it honestly, you have to come to the conclusion that Jesus was either the man with the greatest ego in the history of humankind or he was who he said it was. He said, there's no way, not Buddha, not Allah, not Hare Krishna, 
There's no way to the Father but by me. He said, if you have seen me, you have seen the Father. I am not a way, the way, the truth, and life. Now, either Jesus was a megalomaniac on a scale that we've never seen before, or he was who he said he is. And each of us must decide whether or not what he said was true or not. He said, indeed, amen, amen, in the Aramaic, certainly, definite, meaning his eyes were shooting at this point. He was looking them in the eye. Certainly, definitely, surely, did I stutter. A greater than Solomon is right here. So what happened between Solomon and the queen of the south, the queen of Sheba, that Jesus says he's even greater than that particular example? Let's go backwards to dig in. Let's go to 1 Kings 10 and 1. Now when the queen of Sheba... And by the way, this is another example of diversity in the Bible. This woman was a dark-skinned queen who led a dark-skinned people. And folks, it's going to take all complexions to get done what God wants to get done in these last days. When the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord. Now, fame is not necessarily in itself bad especially if your primary goal is to make his name great. But what we see here is the reason she came is because she heard. She wouldn't have came if she didn't hear. So it's vital that we go into the highways and the byways. We do it on the internet, by television, TV, radio. Why? Because if they don't hear, they won't come. Paul said it this way, how could they hear without a preacher? And how can the preacher go lest he sent? In other words, no one can go unless there's a larger group of people that sends them to, to, to go. And what I've learned in, in my, my short life, if I take care of my character, my reputation will eventually take care of itself. So Solomon is being spoken of all around the world. He's God's man in that hour. God is using him greatly. And she gets the report and she doesn't dismiss it, argue with it, try to knock it down. Well, you know, he, it's warmer over there. It's better over there. That's why, you know, he has all these advantages over there. None of that. And we, usually when you compete with people, you try to knock them down versus trying to really recognize what's in them. But this woman was obviously secure. The Bible says she came to what? Test him. Now, this is one of those verses that I really, really understand, and I think some of you brothers in the room may, may understand, because sometimes it seems like a whole sister, a sister's whole duty in life is to test a brother. How many of y'all know what I'm, I'm, I'm talking about? Okay. There's like five or six, amen. You're scared. You're scared to even say. I saw hands being smacked down the whole nine. Well, she came to test him. We're going to see a few parallels here. We're hard questions. 
Ladies, can I give you some advice? Stop making it so easy. She tested him with something hard. She tested him with hard what? Questions. You see, a man is not measured by the problems he can point out, but the problems he can solve. Any problem solvers in the room? Six or seven problem solvers in the room? All right, there you go. There you go. Well, the queen came with a great retinue to Jerusalem with camels that bore spices, very much gold and precious stones. So we see here, girl had her own money. She was living her best life. I mean, all is good. She wasn't waiting on some man to make her. You hear what I'm saying? She was doing her thing. And when she came to Solomon, she spoke with him, meaning she articulated. She communicated. She didn't just move her neck. She talked. Like, y'all, this, this side of the room pulling stuff out of me. She spoke with him about all that was in her heart. Men, your lady has dreams and ambitions too. And queens, if you can't talk to your man about what's going on in your heart, he may be a nice guy, but he's not your king. So Solomon answered all, this is before Google, all, because like with my wife, I say, hang on a sec, you know, but Solomon was something else. Answer all her questions. There was nothing so difficult for the king that he could not explain it to her. But when she tested him, he did not complain. He passed. Pay attention. When she tested him. He didn't complain. He said, it ain't right. Oh, this woman, who you think it? No, he passed. It baffles me why guys today are so surprised that a woman tests us. My pastor used to teach all the time. He said, if you cannot be tested, you cannot be trusted. And even our cars, in order to stay on the road, they have to be inspected at least once a year to get the sticker. Parents, teach your daughters their value so they don't end up on the side of the road with some clunker. You hear what I'm saying? Because they didn't have the patience to test. It's better, in my opinion, for God to help me go through life alone then help me or have me live in a toxic marriage for the rest of my, my life. Folks, there's no shame in being single. Some of the greatest people on the planet were single. Mary, the mother of Jesus, never remarried. I don't know that Mary Magdalene ever married. Jesus never married. Paul the apostle was single as he wrote all of the letters that he wrote in our New Testament. Daniel, the number two man in the Babylonian kingdom, he was a eunuch. He neither married. And sometimes, listen, my boundaries fall in pleasant places. Marriage is for some. Bless them, love them. Don't hate on them. Love them, bless them. But sometimes singleness is for others. And whatever your lot is, 
I just want to be where he is. Because, yeah, okay, okay, okay. You're uncertain, you're uncertain, you're uncertain. All right, I'm going to move on, I'm going to just move on. Let me just say, I can do bad by myself. And uh, if you can't be whole before you're married, this thing about your other half is from the devil. If you're half a man or half a woman before you marry, you're just going to be a half a husband and a half a wife after you marry. <laughs> what you want to be is a whole single. So if God brings you with another whole person, that the two can become one and more dynamic in its making. But if you're a half and they're a half, y'all, y'all, y'all just going to pull the worst out of each other. And, and well, I'm not happy because of you. Well, you see, you were supposed to be happy before me. (laughs) And if I can't be happy with myself, I'm probably not going to be happy with other people in the room. So the first thing I got to learn to do is live with me. And yes, you know, God will give you the desires of heart. If you really want a spouse, he'll give you a spouse. If that's what's for you. But stop trying to be like everybody else. You don't have to fit in with everybody else. Do you, and God will bless you, okay? All right. Verse four. And when the queen of Sheba had seen all the wisdom of Solomon, the house that he had built, the food on his table, the seating of his servants, the service of his waiters and their apparel, his cupbearers. So what do we see? The man had a house, food in the refrigerator. His grass was cut. His light bill, his electric bill, and his cable bill was paid. But watch this next part. This, 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 this is the best part. In his entryway by which he went to the house of the Lord. So he had his bills played. He was handling his business. But he also went to church regularly. But, but watch the queen's response. There was no more spirit in her. She was like saved, handling his business. She almost passed out. Goes to church and got his stuff in order. She almost lost her legs. She was like, what is going on? And you better know it when you find a good man. You better know it. There are women waiting in line praying for an opportunity to do for him what you won't do. Pay attention to what I'm saying now. Let's get to verse 10. Y'all are better than the first service. I'm, I'm enjoying it. Thank you. Thank you for showing up. Then she gave the king 120 talents of gold. That's 9,000 talents of gold. That is about $200 million today. Girl was rolling. Spices in great quantity and precious stones. Now, it can be foolish. It can be naive investing in a man 
the way this woman is. But it is never a mistake if your man is really your king. Because a real king will never allow any woman to give him more than he gives her. But I'm getting ahead of myself because we're going to see that in the scripture. Stay with me. Verse 3. No, 11. There never again, ever, this was historic, came such an abundance of spice as the queen of Sheba gave to King Solomon. What I want you to see here, though, is she only gave him her spices after she tested him. <laughs> Ladies, don't give up your spices too soon. There's this, I didn't tell it right in the first service. I'm going to try to tell it right this time. It's a Native American story. The elders of the tribe would, would tell dating people. And the um, story went like this. Well, you know, when, when it came time for the girl eagle, the, the woman eagle, to, to choose her mate, you know, first she prepared herself for the suitors and she, she got ready. But then her suitors came and they fly past and do all that stuff. And she looked them over quite well. And then she decided she would fly with one for a, a little while. And if she liked the way he flew, Inevitably, she'd shoot for the clouds. And if the male bird could fly as high as her, first test. And ladies, you don't want a guy that's not trying to go where you're going. A guy without the capacity to operate on the levels you want to live. But then, you know, they start flying, but then again, she shoot up into the clouds. But this time, she had a little stick in her, her beak. And the little, the, 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 the male bird would, would, would follow her. And ladies, you need to be sought. You need to be chased. You, you need someone that pursues you. Someone that can keep up with you. Someone that wants to go to the same heights as you. Don't lower yourself to keep him. Hire yourself and see if he can get up there and come. All right. So she's up there and she oops, drops the stick. The male bird sees, oh, he rushes and he races down. He catches the little stick and he brings it back up. Oh, she's like, all right. Sookie, sookie. So they keep flying together. Then she finds a bigger stick. She does the same thing. And Mel swoops down, grabs the stick, comes back up. Then finally, she gets a stick almost the size of a log. I mean, this is, again, this is an animal that picks up, you know, I mean, the eagle can pick up a small deer. I mean, it's a powerful animal. And she go up real high, and he go up real high, too. And he'd be keeping up with her, and, and he's pursuing her. But then she, he, he dropped that log. And then, the 
the male eagle caught that final log and he brought it back up. Only after he passed those tests was she willing to produce eaglets with him. Because part of the reason for the test is sometimes those little eaglets misbehave and fall out of the nest. And she wanted to make sure she had a man strong enough that could swoop down and catch them even in their mess and mistakes. You have been listening to the Live Big Podcast with Dr. Derek Greer. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com or follow Dr. Greer on social media.